This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Where are you calling in from? I am in uh, Hudson, which is about a suburb of Cleveland. Oh, you're in Cleveland? Yes, yes. Very cool. What are you doing today? What's your day looking like? A lot of pre-sale meetings and a couple of engineering meetings with the team. It's just just about till four minutes ago, I was on different calls trying to wrap up. So. Dude, that's how life goes though, right? Yes, it is. It is. Especially for a smaller company, that's how it is. So. Well, how many people do you currently have? We had about 80, 80, between 80 and 85 people right now. So Excellent. And you're the CTO? Yes. You're also I, the founder, right? Yes, I am. <laughs> Tell me about this. How did you come up with the idea? So uh, I, w- I was doing my grad, uh, grad studies at uh, Kent State. I can't, if you can't tell, I'm originally from India. No, I can't yeah. tell. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, while I was doing my uh, uh, PhD there, I, I kept helping a lot of people. And I had a choice to either go into academics or I actually enjoyed building stuff than teaching. So I kind of helped uh, help somebody build a software and he never paid me for it. I was a grad student. <laughs> and then he felt really bad. And a few months later, he actually got a, ma- a big investor uh, to help him take that idea to life. And he, uh, the investor said, you know, let's let's talk to the guy who helped you build the initial prototype and if he shows up even after the fact that you didn't pay him that means <laughs> we can rely on this guy to build it out <laughs> so i for some reason i met uh, i met them both at uh, starbucks and it turned out to be a very big deal uh, and i that's how i got started and i helped them build their product it was in it was a mobile diagnostic lab lab system that we built and turned out to uh, be a four-year project. And then from there, I worked with a few consultants and then eventually just bring quality and control to the project. I, I brought the team in. Um, the, uh, the idea was to build a products company, but the services were, you know, building software for others and working with new ideas and people is what keeps getting a lot, a lot of excitement and a lot of energy. So that's it kind of evolved oh, from awesome. there. So the company is called... Taza, right? Yes, yes, Taza. All right, I'm so glad I got that because it's T-A-A-Z-A-A. Yeah, it's a play on th- uh, the shorter version, Taza. There, you might, there are some Lebanese restaurants with that name. I don't know whether you know. So. I've seen the word Taza before. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it means uh, fresh. Uh, in term, Typically, it's associated with fresh food and fresh ideas. So I took a play of that in many languages, including my uh, native tongue, which is Kashmiri, and uh, Hindi and Persian and many other languages. It means fresh. So, you know, I kind of like the name. The domain was available. <laughs> so, so we went ahead and uh, it is also like for incubating ideas for other companies and our own uh, ideas. So almost kind of think of it like an incubator of ideas where we actually take ideas and you know implement the technology to bring them to life sort of thing so so do you have is it more of an incubator or more that you have clients like explain a little bit about the business model for taza so primarily it's uh, you know we have clients who have uh, problems these are typically we we love working with startups who have uh, that has been a risk, you know, because startups are <laughs> invariably high risk, but we love working with them on uh, 
their ideas and bringing those to life. But we also have traditional, you know, we are B2B clients anywhere between, you know, in the SMB market, mainly mid-sized to small-sized business where we put together teams for them. And then that's how we, that's how we, that's how we manage our, you know, revenue. And then when, when we come upon a good idea, we try to incubate it for a while, then pitch it to investors if they like it and see, see something that uh, is there, we would then spin that out as a separate company or something like that. So. That's really exciting. So you guys yeah. do all sorts of stuff for a bunch of yeah. different clients. You're, you're like a really large development shop. Yeah, I mean, compared to <laughs> compared to Cognizant and others, we are like <laughs> a rounding error. But yeah, we, are, we, we have been growing in the last five, seven years. We've been growing at a steady pace. Have got a passionate team, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, there's, it's extraordinarily respectable to get up to, you know, 50, 80 people, that's, that's awesome. That's, you got past the, the beginning part, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's like 99.9% of people don't get past that. So you're in that 0.01%. So there's a little victory celebration, but <laughs> there's a long way to go to those like 200,000 employees. That <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know whether that's my aspiration, but, but, <laughs> you know, uh, but yes, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. What's ex- what are you really excited about? What's the next step for Taza? So there's a couple of areas. We are expanding into uh, newer areas of um, uh, in the in the technology space. We're we're working very closely with the star, uh, uh, with the company here in Cleveland. That's a that's that's a social impact uh, technology company where they're using AI and big data uh, to. Uh, make positive Im- impact on individual outcomes, uh, and we are then using actually blockchain to help distribute the revenues. I, I know you must have heard this, out, <laughs> but, no. but but this uh, you know we are really excited about that uh, to be able to work with them and support uh, support their ideas. It's 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 some uh, people who are ex IBM who ha- who sold their companies and uh, are individually very well to do, but they want to bring some social. Uh, uh, impact into Cleveland, given you know it's uh, how how that uh, city is. You know, it's 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 got a very high po- poverty rate, and opportunities are there are a lot of smart people, but I think the opportunities and the way the systems and programs are nobody knows how efficiently they uh, they run. What's the actual impact and outcome of these programs? And they want to they want to take large investments and put it, put it to good use with you know, bringing in garment uh, programs and improving their efficiencies and actual impact. So that's a very interesting project that we're doing. We're also working on a couple of uh, uh, startups that uh, we, we had incubated uh, in, uh, in, in Taza, which have spun out and have got individual angel investments. So those are really keeping us, at least me, you know, busy. So, so are your... Your teams, how many of them are in the United States? Are they all in your office in Cleveland? Are they spread throughout the world? How is your organization structured? We have a split. We have about eight or 10 here in the US and the remaining are in uh, New Delhi, in Noida, India. So, and we continue to uh, grow both teams as the revenue and opportunities allow us for. So, and in Ohio, we are split between here and Cincinnati and we have a few people working in Maine and a few distributed employees, so. That's excellent. Now, earlier you mentioned a couple different languages when, when you were talking about um, India. So do, is, it, is there like a primary language? Because you said Hindi and you said a couple other ones I didn't understand. 
Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. It's me. Uh, you mean the word Taza? Uh, yeah, you listed three languages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm from Kashmir. So Kashmiri is a language which is in the north of. It's one of the uh, areas of conflict north of India where um, where that language is spoken, and the word Taza means fresh there as well. So okay. So, and then we have uh, a Persian I mentioned, which is, uh, which is the language of Iran and others. It's Turkish and other uh, languages. It means the same thing. It's about, I think, 20 or 30 languages put together. The word is the same, uh, meaning fresh. So it's universally, universally, except English, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm always very interested because as technologists, we all speak technology, but then we all have differences. And one thing I don't hear a lot of people talk about is, you know, I have the unique uh, situation where I meet with CTOs that are all over the world. And so there's different items culturally, there's different languages, there's different styles of working, sure. all sorts of different human things. And so while it's always great to talk about like project management and all that stuff, I'm always really curious about the, the culture and the people and and how life works. So you have these engineers and it sounds like the way, well, let me ask you this. If you were to take a pie chart and slice up your day, what are the three biggest slices that you spend time on? Uh, talking to team leads is one, one part of the pie. And then talking to customers is another pie. And then the third is uh, really talking to my uh, sales and marketing team or, you know, so in the in the talking to my leads and engineers there's uh you know there's usually you know if there's an engineering challenge or how do we approach a certain thing um, or how did we try to experiment with a particular architecture for example we're pushing on a product idea we're trying to push uh, we're moving uh, on uh into what we call you know the microservices architecture we're trying to experiment with that a little bit uh we're moving towards docker on, as a standard and stuff it being done on uh, one specific project all, all and trying to improve our devops so, so part of my time goes there and then then there's part of the time that goes talking to clients whether it's existing ones or potential new ones and that's where the ideation happens a lot so and then you know the rest is really uh, uh, internal reflection on the company and where we are, where we should be and what should, what are we doing right what are we doing wrong internal reflection so to speak. Cities are loud. I mean, you must be a little bit outside of, of Cleveland. yes, Cleveland. We we are about thirty five minutes uh, south of Cleveland, so we're technically a different city suburb. We fall between Akron and Cleveland, and. I, you know, I had, I had some other partnerships that I had worked in the past and that's why I kind of hung out in the area, but we love it. It's quaint and quiet. We do have a resource shortage. We, I, I think as we grow, we may have to move, but for now it's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I, in the town I live, it's, it's quiet and it's nice, but there's a real shortage of, of talent, of talent, yeah. man. Yeah, like yeah. In, in many regards, like in many regards, there's a big shortage of talent you have to go to the larger cities or deal with remote, which, you know, I just prefer, I want to be in a, in a small, yes, amazing the, talent. Yes, that, that, that's the dream. So I'm like, how do I attract talent? To, like uh, we were interviewing for a lead 
like a chief product officer kind of role. And I interviewed many people in the area, not the right fit. Uh, finally, I really liked uh, a gal and she was from, uh, she worked for Oracle and she's in San Jose. Imagine what I would have to do do to make her move. <laughs> so it didn't work out. I mean, she was asking <laughs> way beyond what I could afford, but, uh, and rightly so, she was pretty smart and talented, but, you know, the problem is the local talent is, uh, you know, uh, we're trying to work, uh, build a partnership with Kent State and Akron and Cleveland State. We, we have found some good candidates, but they're still, uh, you know, young and raw. So we, we're still trying to develop those and all the really smart ones seem to just move to the Bay Area or the East Coast and, you know, create a huge vacuum of really good talent here. So that's one of the, the conversations that has been recurring just all the time with us. You know, people saying talent, it's like you have the option to develop your current talent or and then it's like every all your talents at different stages. So like you said, you can get some of the, the newer, fresher people, but they're really raw. It takes a long time to to get it through and then you have some people that are on your current team that you can improve and then the other options getting super expensive the people that are new <laughs> Yeah. So that, that and by the way, that's how it happened. Like when I started my first project, I first tried to scale here because I love to have my team with me because that's the best. If you can afford it, you have them all in the same office, you can collaborate and there's nothing that can beat that. That, and then that's what I tell you in my clients is this is the second best option. If you can afford to hire them and put them in your office, that's your best option for collaborative outcome. But uh, this is the second best option. And we try to mitigate those risks by Zoom and other tools, which help you collaborate better. So I tried to scale here, but then uh, I got a call from the client and he said, I need 12 people. I'm like, oh, <laughs> where am I going to get 12 people in like less than 30 days. So that's when I had to reach, you know, reach out to my old friends from uh, India and they helped me um, build that out. So. What sort of, now have you come across any like content or any ways of improving, not just like the technical skills, but just improving like professional development for technologists so you can improve your current people? Yes, uh, there's a bunch of, you know, uh, Howard Business Review books that I keep harping on uh, on my team. So, you know, what just from an expectation standpoint, from a cultural gap standpoint and wh what you can do as an individual for self-improvement. I don't remember the names. I'm sorry, but I can share that with you. At some point, there's a series of books on everything from emotional intelligence to communication to uh, uh, and this is what I'm trying to permeate in the team is just because there is this uh, divide, the world is definitely getting smaller as well. And you need to be aware, culturally aware of uh, what's happening here and uh, be able to relate to things. So to, uh, I don't know, again, I'm, I'm not sure even if I'm sometimes answering your questions, but in terms of uh, communication, I think there are books, there's some coaching that we do. And, you know, we have a set of people who work in human resources, uh, who, who work for international clients and they've traveled here. So, and one of the best things that we try to do is we are in, instituting a program where we're trying to get some of the more pe people who've been with us longer to travel to the U.S. and spend anywhere between uh, four to six weeks or even longer, depending on what's possible, to 
you know, get accustomed, get to know the client, get face to face. I think all that really helps with exposure, understanding and communication. So everything from on-site visits to uh, coaching and then obviously books. And uh, we try to cultivate a lot of curiosity. And so the problem with the, with the books that I found, well, like, I love the books and I've, I've read them pretty much all of them. <laughs> um, but there's a couple problems. The first problem is that when, if you read the whole book and you don't do anything with it, you just forget it. It's just exactly. It's true. You don't have actual experience. It's like, okay, like you have to learn something and then do something to get experience. Right. Yeah, right. Right. And then the second thing is it's hard, even when companies, like I talk to a lot of CTOs, right. Mm-hmm. And, and even when they offer things like education budgets or conference budgets, like 80% of the people don't even do it. That's true. Like, it's like, they'll pay you to go to the conference. And they're like, no, nah, I don't want to go. They, they'll, but then if you ask them, if you ask them, you know, do you want to improve? They're like, yeah, I want to improve and be better. And then it's like, when it comes time to actually, you know, book the ticket or go to the conference. And I, I do, I sympathize them with a little bit because conferences, I don't think, give you as much like, not, education. Not these days. Yeah. No, these days, it's, it's fun talks, but like, they give you new things to try. And it's like, I can't go back and lose six months on a project trying to implement this new theory. It sounds good, but you know, there's, it wasn't, wasn't very actionable. So I thought there was a lot of problems with the, um, with the way that we develop our professionals. Other, other industries have it though, like like the sales industry, Mm -hmm. they have it, but it's all for salespeople. I mean, we have, uh, you know, especially with the younger, uh, or the people who are just a little bit more raw, they actually shadow, uh, shadow the main a senior person for almost anywhere between one to three months, depending on where they are in their experience level. And they would pair with them and see the problems to some extent. And then we just throw them into the, <laughs> throw them to the wolves and say, go figure it out. It's <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, there are different techniques. We, we actually evaluate uh, what, you know, if somebody is a self-starter, there's a slightly different approach. If somebody is more, uh, needs more direction and guidance and handholding, there's a slightly different approach. Discipline. Yeah, discipline as well. <laughs> so uh, we try all balance between carrot stick to inspiration to, there, there's a variety of approaches that we take and we don't want to be too pedant, you know, we need to figure out what resonates with the individual. It's almost, we need to see what works for them, what, what, what motivates them for some, you know, it's the idea of, uh, you know, maybe traveling abroad or visiting a client in Europe is pretty exciting. So he has to work towards that for some, some it is just their own intellectual curiosity, which, uh, you know, they want to satisfy by saying that, Hey, I'm the best in the company on this particular vertical or this particular idea or uh, so we it's it's still very uh, it needs more systems in place it needs more uh, provable uh, the question is all these we things that we do we don't have enough data say what's the best and most efficient way to get somebody from you know where we where they are to where we want them to be in an organization and what's that what's that uh, journey from you know whatever rookie to journeyman. <laughs> so we do provide books and guidance, but then I think the most experience anybody gains, you know, they do a lot of plural side, they do a lot of one-off projects, but till they don't work on a project, everybody has to go through that one brutal project, which will, uh, you know, 
set them for you know what how to deal with uh, pressure how to deal with exactly it's like watching my my daughter walk you know you gotta get up and fall down the first yeah you can read all about walking but till you don't stand up and try to do it exactly so did you have did you contemplate the idea of a co-founder uh i had at one point in the past, worked uh, worked with a partner. So uh, right now, I have a, a decent portion of the company is employee owned as well. So, oh, I, we, but we, you know, I, I did uh, I did try that in the past. Uh, it it has had mixed results. <laughs> so if you're aligned, then it works very well. Like one of the ventures that is in Cincinnati, which is Inago, which is a rental management platform company that I have a co-founder. We work very well together. I love the guy, <laughs> and we we hit it off well. And he's taking he's he's taking the lead as the CEO on that, and I'm I'm running the product and technology. So that's awesome. So yes, uh, dip, not in Taza, but the companies that spin out, absolutely. There's somebody I try to partner with because realistically speaking, uh, you know, you only have so much bandwidth. So you you want to you want to bring in other people who have equal ownership and passion just like you so so yes i have and successfully in many a couple of times and not so successfully a couple of times so now do you do you typically work with like private equity or do you self-fund them or how do you get your funding these amount uh, so initially we self-fund them uh, during incubation until we gain some traction, get a couple of customers, and then we pitch it to either existing customers who who may have alignment or to angels or you know. So far we so far we've been with angels and uh, and uh, angel investment groups that have helped us so far. So we've also pitched to like Jumpstart and others in the past, but we haven't successfully got funded because uh, you know it's it, it needed to be further along that's why we with one of the ventures we are with an angel and the other one also will be probably looking at an angel for a seed round so do you have good relationships with them then yes yes uh, it's always good yeah. when you know great people and you right and uh, it was i think a lot of it a lot of the investment uh, at, at least at the initial stages while the idea is important, and I'm sure in, in the Bay Area that that ecosystem is a lot more vibrant, but in Cleveland, it's a lot to do with relations. And again, the companies that we funded, the investors were nowhere from Cleveland. They're all from like Austin or you know other other towns. Uh, Cleveland is a little bit more conservative when it comes to investments. So they want to they 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 want a lot more traditional, you know. It's almost like it's heavy with banking and medic, uh, you know, medical. Uh, in the medical industries, are the two main ones I think are in the area. But very, in terms of investment, they're not. And there, there's some. I think TechStars did an evaluation of the area, and their reviews were scathing. So, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that aside, uh, you know, there's a lot of good people in the in in the area who are trying to bring in change and. Uh, you know, it's it's better. It's easy to criticize, but it's harder to make a change. And uh, I really Always. appreciate those leaders, so you know, who are trying to make a difference. So it's awesome. I love I love how you talk about leadership and that you're not like a complacent leader. That you're you're active and interested in it. That's awesome. 
Thank you're you. Go so far, I'm so excited. I'm going to tell you <laughs> next year you're going to be like 300, then a thousand, then ten thousand. And <laughs> uh, uh, managing a, a lot of people gets a lot of. You see the gray hair. It's all because of <laughs> all the interesting, and interesting dynamics that come about with uh, you know uh, as the team grows. You know, you. I think somebody I was talking to recently. They said the challenge is in threes. So when you are three people, then when you get to, you have to make changes. Then when you get to thirty, uh, you know, it's a different set of management skills. When you get to, you know, ninety or something, then there's more, and then it goes on that way somehow. So that is, it's so much like that. You go team member, leader, leader of leaders. Sea level. Okay. <laughs> this is great. So when people want to, they're going to hear you. They're going to love you. They want to know more. Where do you hang out? Twitter, LinkedIn? Uh, I am on LinkedIn and uh, I have a Twitter handle as well. So it's just uh, uh, Yasser Drabu, one word. So, but I would, you know, I, I'm, I'm socially shy. <laughs> So I, I keep, I keep, I keep a low, I, I get a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, my sales team is like, you need to be out there more and be talking to more people. But if there's an interesting conversation to be had, I was very excited to uh, talk to you. I, I got a little input from my team member about you. And so here we are. So nice. I'm always excited to talk to everybody. Like, and then if you ever, um, you know, the, the speaking stuff, you, your information that you have is incredibly valuable. Just by sharing your experience, there's someone out there that is just a solo developer who wants to learn. I mean, you've built the entire company. If, if you share that, it's actually, I'm going to take it a step further. It's your responsibility <laughs> to, to share. share. It is. Like, <laughs> in our, and if you boil it down to our actual DNA, if you ever, you're an intelligent, um, educated individual, you have a PhD, right? So if you actually look how DNA copies itself, it literally like copies itself. It passes information down a chain. Yes. So at our most human basic building block, what we do is pass information down from one generation to another generation. So it's your responsibility in society to do it. It is. I mean, if we didn't do that, we wouldn't evolve, right? We would be doing still, we'd be still hacking at stones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go eat some bananas for lunch. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you so This has been a great conversation. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you as well, Joe. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you would like to hear, discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.